All right, what's going on, y'all? This is Cowboy. Welcome to another episode of Sports Talk KC. Fellas, introduce yourselves. Yo, yo, what up, KC? Lee 86 here, baby. What it do, baby? This is DB's 1492. And for uh, two Alicia's, I'll meet you at the pizza shop. Just how you mail me. Uh, other than that, uh, we're going to do the show a little bit different today. Uh, me and the fellas, we decided just to kind of talk on this one and just be general conversation. But uh, let's go ahead and kick it off with uh, uh, Kittles and uh, Travis Kelsey, the signings of those two guys. Kelsey got a four-year extension. Uh, what was it, like 58 mil or something like that, fellas? 57. 57. And uh, uh, Deontay's boy, Kittles, got a uh, extension as well, and it was for like 75 mil. Yeah, buddy. but uh, like I said, uh, this is the two tight ends that we kind of war back and forth with. Obviously, uh, Kelsey is uh, the better tight end than me and, Lee, uh, me and Radham's eye. But uh, as for Beats, he loves Kittles. So let's just get into the debate on this. Uh, Lee, do you uh, what are you thinking on this uh, this deal, man? He signed <clears throat> Yeah, man. Um, like I said, you uh, you have the top two tight ends in the league, you know, um, pretty much getting their extension, you know, within some hours or days, whatever, days apart. So, you know, it's well worth it. But like I said, man, I go back. I mean, yeah, I know Beats be saying Kittles is is the best one. And, hey, man, the hardware, I, I, I'm short and sweet, the hardware that Kelsey has – um, the uh, four straight thousand yard receiving years. Kittle has not done that. Um, it's just, it, <laughs> they're both good, man. They're both good, but you know, Kelsey is, you know, Kelsey has Mahomes, but you know, I, I stick, I stick firm and say, hey, you know, Kelsey is the better one thus far because he, he has the Super Bowl to back that up. Kittle doesn't. Maybe. Go ahead, bro. Oh, brother, here we go. Um, I'm just going to say Kittle, in my opinion, is the better of the two. Um, One, two of them play in two different types of schemes. 49ers schemes, that's a run-first offense. The Chiefs is a pass-first offense. And then you already alluded to it with the quarterbacks. Kelsey has Mahomes. And then even before that, he had Alex Smith, but still – I know that team was primarily um, under Alex Smith, a running football team and like a screen team, but Kelsey was the number one option in Reed's offense. Um, if you flip it over for the 49ers, he has, Kittle has Garoppolo, uh, which, you know, um, I, I'll just say this, and you, you can, uh, you can, uh, Rebuttal this, Lee, if you want. I'll take two plays from this Super Bowl, and you can flip it the other way and say the 49ers win. One, if uh, if uh, Garoppolo hits Emmanuel Sanders on that deep uh, post or whatever you want to call it, streak down the middle, if he hits that, it's an entirely different game. And then I want to go back to that third and 15. Uh, somebody, uh, either it was Bosa or Buckner, got held on that play. And they just missed the call. If you really want to talk about it, to be honest. With you. So, I, if you want to talk about hardware, I mean, I think that's just out of the discussion. To me personally, I just like Kittle's game because one, he he's physical 
in my opinion, more physical to me. And he's just a better overall tight end as far as the positions because he can catch, he can block, he can do all the little things. To me, to me, Kelsey is just a big ass wide receiver in my opinion. Exactly. Oh, just hit it. You just hit it right on the head. It, like you said, he's a big wide receiver. That makes him, in my eyes, better than Kittle. Uh, he's but, a but better. The better he's a he, he's a more fluid route runner than Kittle. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you could say all day long. Yeah, he's more physical. That doesn't that doesn't you know spark a ass that the that Kittle is more physical. No, it's the it's the tight end that gets the production in the numbers, and Kelsey is in that position. So. So it, I'm just going to say Kelsey is bottom line, and the man scored a touchdown in the in the Super Bowl. So I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Kittle would have got one too if uh, Garoppolo would have saw. Kittle was open several times in that Super Bowl, and Garoppolo just failed to miss him. Well, whose fault hey, is buddy. that? Whose fault well, is that? Hey, he can't well, control who well, gives him the ball. Well, well, well hey. That's the San Francisco 40. That's the 49ers problem to deal with. And the Kansas City Chiefs has the title of Super Bowl 54 champions in a discussion. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 and Super Bowl, apart from that, Lee, uh, Kelsey is the more elusive, flashier tight end. Yeah. Your boy Kittle. Your boy Kittle. Yeah, he's going to get down to trenches with you. He's going to fight with you. But, but you, Kelsey, you guys are acting, okay. But you guys are acting like Kittle can't get open and be elusive himself. Yeah. You didn't like, uh, like he's just like a blocker and that he can't that he drops balls or something like he can't catch or nothing. You didn't let me finish, Beats. I'm talking to Lee. Yeah, Kittle. I mean, he, he creates space and everything like that. And I feel he was robbed in the Super Bowl uh, with that catch uh, for the push off because it clearly, I mean, it really wasn't a push off. It was a really ticky tack play. It could have went both ways. But I mean, you know, as your boy uh, Kittles, yeah, he's elusive. He can he can do it. But Kelsey's been in the league longer. He has more hardware, as Lee said. He's the more productive tight end at this moment. Hey, so it, I think, and I'm I, 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 I'm gonna just put this out there, okay? Go back, go back to the year Jeremy Macklin's first year, uh, where it was basically the Chiefs really didn't didn't have too much of an explosive offense, so to speak. Right. We had Jay, we brought Jay Mack in, in the offseason, you know, to kind of be a big play threat. Uh, Andy Reid's um, first or second year or whatever, coaching the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis, what I'm trying to say is Travis Kelsey has produced – Without Patrick Mahomes, you talking about Kittle with a, a, a stellar defense behind him, okay? Uh, dude, you put Kittle in a situation like Kelsey was in in an offense with Alex Smith, Jeremy Macklin, and him, and the dude still puts up a 1,000 yards. We still go to the playoffs. What I'm trying to say is what is Kittle going to do? with him just being the focal point of that offense. Is he really going to produce or is it just going to be, oh, the San Francisco 49ers just have Kittle as a threat because they'd have no one on the outside. 
I mean, whatsoever. Yeah, you may say it's the system he plays in, but hey, I, I don't agree with that because Travis Kelsey has not always had Patrick Mahomes and he has still put up the numbers and balled out even still. That's why he holds the title as the best tight end to me because he has he, 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 he just didn't start putting up numbers. Mind you, I said four straight years he went over a thousand yards. That's two years he's did that without Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, if Kittle does not have a stellar fucking defense behind him, that has Kittle, nothing to do with it, Lee. The defense has nothing to do with it. Nah. No, nah. he's given more opportunities. If their defense is steady getting off the field and, and giving the offense more opportunities in his situation, he's going to have more opportunities to put up big, big yards. Kelsey, on the other hand, man, they going up and down the field real quick. And he's still getting his numbers and eating with minimal targets. Okay. The NFL says different, buddy. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, uh, like I said, they're both two great tight ends, man. This is the debate that we'll probably have to these guys hang up their cleats. Yeah, they're Obviously, two great tight ends. I get that. They mm. really are. I just, you mm. know, like I said, I just kind of feed into it. I never really fed into it. It was, you know, y'all was kind of going back and forth. And then I was kind of like, I had to chime in one day and was just like, nah, in my personal opinion, I feel Kelsey, but you know, I, I give I give credit to Kittle. You know, I I said it before I started. You know that you know it's the top two uh, tight ends at their respective position in this league. You know they got extensions right neck and neck. So you know it's it is what it is, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I know Beats uh, was a positive <laughs> for the Ryan fan. Well, uh, fuck but, uh, you, nigga. <laughs> but it's cool. It's a cool debate to have. Like I said, it'll be fun to watch uh, what happens or transpires as this football season hopefully gets started. Uh, but uh, another topic, uh, had you guys, had y'all got a chance to check out the hard knots with the Rams and the uh, Chargers? I checked out the okay. first episode on YouTube. Okay. They posted that on YouTube. Cool, cool, cool. What about you, Lee? Nah, uh, when you had asked me the other night, we was uh, talking. Uh, I told you I haven't checked it out yet. I sure haven't. Well, like, okay, well, well. only reason I wanted to kind of bring it up because it's kind of giving us an inside look on how the NFL is handling uh, everything with the COVID-19 situation. Right. Uh, pretty much everybody's, you know, separated. There's no physical contact. They're not even throwing the ball at practices and things of that nature. Offense is on one side, defense is on the other side. Uh, players was getting pretty frustrated with the non-contact. Like I said, they're uh, offense, they're running offensive plays, but it's no passing of the football until after three weeks uh, from the start of this whole uh, training camp thing. So they possibly could be doing it right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what I was just going to bring up. Right? Yeah, they probably yeah, they possibly doing it right now. But just watching it, it was just totally different, man. And uh. But Beast, what did you feel on that uh, on the Hard Knock Show, man? I mean, it was pretty interesting to see how they're trying to have all these protocols with the COVID nineteen. Yeah, um, just I mean, like you said, uh, I mean, with the players coming in every day, getting tested and things of that nature, you got uh, coaches wearing masks, masks, or they have those shields that that they can wear too. Um, I mean. Not, you know, not to go too long on 
it, it is interesting because that first week or two or whatever, you know, you know, they were showing Jerry Goff, you know, he could, like you say, he couldn't throw the ball. Like he hiked the ball and then he like points to where he's going right. to throw the ball and stuff like that. So it's just, yeah, it, it looked pretty weird. I mean, I'm really interested to see this next, this next episode, to be honest with you. That's, that's what's going to really uh, show what's going on for real, for real. But I mean, as of right now, they, I mean, everybody's on the same level playing field. So it's just, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, like Anthony Lynn said in the, uh, in that uh, Zoom meeting or whatever, uh, the, the team that handles this the most, the most, that's most prepared things in place and handles this the best, I think will come out on top, to be honest with you, as the, uh, as the uh, Super Bowl champion. Of this year, so uh, only other thing I can add is that you know it was interesting to see some of those Zoom calls that these guys were having and some of the meetings and how far apart they had to sit from each other and things of that nature. But I mean, like I said, this next episode is going to be the one. Yeah, like I said, it was pretty interesting how they was handling team meetings and things of that nature, man. But hopefully, uh, we can see some contact on this next episode and we can get a little bit more information on how they're going to handle it. But uh, like you said, it could possibly be a uh, a uh, up-and-coming team that possibly may be in the Super Bowl. Obviously, our Chiefs had a better chance. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how this season goes if the season happens. But uh, I know you just said you didn't get a chance to check it out, Lee. So we're going to go on to uh, – let's get on to this fool Jerry, man. Jerry Jones for the Cowboys, man. He's been talking trash about his players if they kneel. They're going to get lashed and all that stuff. And he will have fans inside of Jerry's world this season. It's just like he's – we all know, you know, he's a, uh, the enforcer of the NFL and all that. But, uh, Lee, what is your feelings on Jerry Jones and the shenanigans he's been pulling off? <clears throat> like, what are you – like, he's just been, like, publicly coming out and, you know, stating. Yeah, public, yeah he pretty much just stating, like, you know, how he feels about – the kneeling and then his players shouldn't do it. Uh, he feels that uh, he, he will have stands in the field, in the uh, in the stadium, regardless Man. of what the NFL says and things of that nature. Bottom line, Jerry Jones is going to have to deal with it one way or the other. He's proclaiming all his fame, his players better do this, better do that. Jerry, without the players, there nothing will be going on in Jerry's world. Okay. So, you know, uh, yeah, he's probably having that stance now, but players are, players across this league and in this league <laughs> are going to kneel, whether he likes it or not. He just, he, he just needs to accept it. You know, it, it's just funny that he always picks and chooses. He, he sort of picks the right times to come out and say nothing. You know, he'd be kind of quiet. People would be like, oh, we're Jerry yet. And, he picks these times to come out to kind of say something, you know, real, real eyebrow raising, like, wow, you know, but it is what it is, man. He's going to have some players on his team that needs. Uh, I mean, he very well possibly could. People could probably, his players could probably take the notion and receive the message, oh, okay, well, we bet not do it. But, man, that's what it's going to be across the league. So him and other un- – owners, other NFL owners that may have any distress or any belly aching towards it, might as well get used to it because, I mean, 
hey, that's what that's what it's gonna be, in my opinion. Just short and sweet on Jerry. I mean, what else is new with Jerry? Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's all he's trying to do, like you just said, is to uh, point the spotlight on the Dallas Cowgirls, which is which will be going nowhere next year. They won't be going anywhere until Jerry Jones is no longer a part of that organization. Uh, he likes to rule with an iron fist. You can't control these players. It's not, they're not disrespecting the flag. They're just, you know, showing uh, uh, justice for the, the black killings and slayings of innocent black men and by cops and things of that nature. It's nothing to disrespect the flag. But, uh, Beast Man, what you got on this jerk, man? I don't have too much on this jerk because, you know, you know, they say if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. So, I mean, you guys pretty much hit it on the head. I am uh, wondering what's going to happen league-wide as far as fans in the stands because I haven't heard or seen anything regarding right. that. And, and I, go ahead. And they haven't said anything, but it's like uh, he's – in his in his mind, you know, when she sits on, on the owner's board or the – Within, uh, you know, he's in that room, but uh, he feels he's going to have fans. But the NFL hasn't even really spoken on fans being in the field or not. I mean, yeah. it was something. Go ahead. It's just the just like the early dialogue, you know, that uh, that was being received, you know, quote unquote, what the league may do, uh, whether it be uh, just season ticket holders uh, able to attend or uh, uh, 40% of the stadium's capacity. You just don't know. I heard something and uh, actually actually seen something, uh, seen a little little script the other day saying it could be possible where the stadium has fan pods, you know, where it's just kind of like sectioned off. So uh, I really don't know, you know, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, as far as the NFL stands, everything is still on track as normally scheduled and everything is game to the NFL. How they're going to do it, 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 it remains to be seen. That's what's making this such an interesting season coming up, you know, that everything is still going to start on time as far as regular season. Super Bowl still going to be on on schedule that they're saying. So it just makes it that much more interesting than to uh, see. I just want to add one thing just to kind of add to your point. I wonder if it is just going to be like season ticket holders. Not that I plan on going to any games, but just from a curiosity standpoint, I actually went on like a couple of sites to actually try to purchase. You can't even You can't even purchase tickets at this moment. Right. Right. So, I, so I, yeah, so I, I just wondering it because I think I did hear something about that pod thing too, but I didn't read too much into it. But yeah, I was just figuring since I saw like a couple weeks ago, uh, the Chiefs on their social media uh, posted something towards uh, their season ticket members or whatever. You know that little thing that they do every year, how they package those tickets. I just figured it'd just be those those uh, fans that'll be allowed in the stadium. Yeah, and you know, which could very well be be the be that case because uh, I have a couple friends of mine um, on Facebook and things of that nature, and they've already received their you know their little package that the Kansas City Chiefs give season ticket holders with the tickets and everything in hand. So um, 
all season ticket holders have received their tickets. So as far as other people being able to buy them, that is a good question. And, and, and like you said, they're not be, they're not able to purchase them. So who knows? That's just a wait and see type of thing. Because like I said, we're 25 days away from the kickoff of this season. So who knows? Mm. Yeah. But on that season ticket holder thing, they got those tickets way before mm-hmm. this whole yeah. uh, shit broke out. Uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll just have to pay attention to see what happens with that with as far as the fans and things of that nature. But I just want football just to just give us football. That's that's pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I was making it. Um, I, I didn't know I didn't know if we were gonna kind of like 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 delve into it or whatever. I figured since we were, you know, just on the topic of the NFL, you know, we were talking about uh the signing of uh Kelsey and Kittle. Uh I just wanted to say that the Chiefs, you know, are still putting in work. You know, I just wanted to throw that in there, you know. Um uh restructuring uh Alex Okafor's contract and things of that nature and uh keeping him uh you know, it's just, man, like, Brett Beach is, like, like just doing it, man. I remember back when we were saying, like, the Chiefs had, like, $175. Like, not 175000 but their cap was $175. And, you know, uh, the stuff that, you know, the stuff that I just wanted to kind of just touch up on that, man. You know, uh, I feel that that is really big, uh, you know, just kind of keeping up with the, you know, latest tidbits of the Chiefs camp and stuff, you know, uh, for them to bring Alex Okafor back, you know, that, that was nice. Brett Veach and company is just working, man. I just kind of wanted to touch up on that. Yeah, I'm happy you brought that up because it kind of slipped my mind. But, yeah, that is big, you know. Uh, reassuring sure, up that defense. Uh, Brett, uh, Brett Veach is moving money around. I wonder with this, this long-term deal of Pat, how much money did it – make available uh this season after him being signed. Do y'all know? It didn't it didn't count. It doesn't that contract count. get until two years down the line, bro. Yeah. Okay. Two, two years. Uh, the same with Kelsey. That's that's I think that's how he's making it work. It's more it's more so the contracts are backloaded. Right. So it's yeah then they're taking uh as far as Kelsey's cap hit, it's not added to this season either. Like I said, it's it's pushed back. Yeah, I so. think Kelsey's. I think Kelsey's actually starts in, in in about in two years when when Mahomes is start. I could be wrong. Either one year or two years. That's when Kelsey mm-hmm. that that like you said that back that back end pay starts coming to the forefront. No, oh, okay. Yeah, so that's how that's how he's doing it. So. They have a little window as far as this year, next year, and maybe the year after that, and then that's when that's when they're going to be. Uh, that's when that salary cap is going to come into play and how they draft and you know who they're going to sign and who they're going to have to let go comes into play at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you know, I just kind of. Uh, it's just some stuff that I've been keeping up with, like, you know, just how they're doing daily and uh, throughout camp, you know, training camp that's uh, going on right now, you know, just to yeah, kind of touched on, you know, how both of the L.A. teams was doing in hard knocks, you know, the Chiefs, the 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 the, the um, notion that I've been getting, you know, hearing 
from people watching the training camp is that they are they are speeding up the intensity like in practice like to like to replace not having a preseason and and, and like regular things going on with the whole pandemic and covid and stuff like like that they're doing a lot of one-on-one battles like like intensity builders like with their main guys they said uh honey badger and kelsey uh was having good one-on-one battles and stuff. They're just, that's just what the Chiefs are kind of doing, you know, just to kind of speed that intensity up real fast now. And, you know, I just think, you know, kind of how y'all reiterated on earlier, the team that handles this the best is going to be the ones on top, you know, at the end. And once again, our Chiefs are well-coached, team back and, they're just in a good spot, man. I just want to say it seems like that they are, you know, the intensity is up there. Even though everything is not normal, the intensity is there. Yeah, that's good to hear, man. I haven't really been paying attention to the uh, – you're talking about like the little audio little online stuff they be dropping on YouTube or, and stuff like that. Or just listening to uh, just listening to 610 and just um, seeing little tidbits that yeah. come about the you know daily daily talk throughout the day of camp and stuff like that just looking at other little little chief sites and stuff like that yeah that's uh that's big though man helping uh him and kelsey going at it you know what i'm saying help with the product productivity of the coverage so we won't be having these rinky dink calls mm-hmm. next year Mm-hmm. So that's a that's actually big right there. I like that. Mm-hmm. And they was talking like a like a little wrinkle uh, that which I've seen it coming. We have talked about this before. I thought was interesting. Um, they're saying that McCall Hartman, his role on you know thus far the kind of plays and things of you know things of that nature that they're running, he's going to be more of a he's going to be more of a vertical threat, you know, not to say he wasn't last year, but it was kind of times to where the Chiefs would just, just, you know, sneak him in and, you know, catch teams off guard. But now nah, they're saying his playbook is going to get, you know, bigger this year. And um, uh, uh, Andy Reid said he wants guys like Sammy Watkins to demand the ball more, you know, just hearing this kind of stuff. And it's like, man, our offense it already is what it is. And, you know, hearing these type of things, it's just like, man, these boys is in a real good real good position, even though it's a pandemic offseason and COVID fields football season. But our Chiefs is in a good spot, man. I just wanted to throw those little tidbits out there. Yeah, with Miko Hardman, I think with uh, them broadening his playbook, that'll definitely make the Chiefs offense more explosive because, like I said last year, when um, um, Tyreek Hill went down, it's like the Chiefs' offense went very stagnant. That he was trying to figure out <clears throat> where the offense is going to come from. <clears throat> and like I said, they used Miko in spurts, but he wasn't that productive. Like I said, Sammy, he fell off after that first game against the Jaguars. Like, where did he go? But he did show mm-hmm. up when it mattered in the playoffs. But that's what we need to worry about. Like, when one of our big guys, like Tyreek Hill, goes down, where is that offense going to come from? And we got very uh, exception, exceptional wide receivers, so we shouldn't go stagnant when one man goes down. It shouldn't be the next man up. So mm-hmm. that'll be something to watch for. Speaking of that, I just want to throw this little in, uh, tidbit in there, just uh, a little camp update that I saw today before we hopped on. Um, 
I think they're saying that um, as far as the corner uh, back depth, um, Alex Brown, he suffered a uh, ACL tear, so his season might be mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm thinking, uh, who else? Uh, Deion Yelder, he has a groin injury, so they just – I forgot the fellow's name, but they just claimed someone from the 49ers off waivers, a tight end from there. So yeah, I think that person yeah, coming that. here. Um, and then what's the latest one I saw? I saw that uh, – I don't know how long he's out, but uh, Eric Fisher uh, suffered a uh, concussion today, and Mike Rimmers took over for him. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I see that. If he uh, he probably be out a few weeks with that concussion. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, you see those guys are – you know, these are things that would have been happening, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a, a week or two ago, like with preseason games, you know, because if everything is normal, the NFL season is technically probably in, I think, I believe the third, second or third preseason game. And so, right. you know, uh, you're going to have that stuff happening, you know, yeah, like Beats uh, brought up with Alex Brown, you know, they were, you know, kind of looking at him, you know, to kind of be like a, you know, depth, a, a depth guy for special teams or, you know, something like that. So his season is probably over. That's what you're going to have. You know, these guys are kind of tender. They're trying to pick up that intensity, as I was talking about earlier, you know, in, 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 in such a jam packed type of session, you know, they're, they're having to pick it up because they don't have those games and in, in, in things to where they can get that adrenaline flowing. So you're going to have that as long as the core guys, and you know, you don't – that's football. It's going to be some point throughout the season to where all oh, this guy's out, you know, got hurt. That's the nature of the game. But hopefully we can withstand it. And as for the secondary, uh, going back to them, uh, Rashard Breeland's out for four games, right? Oh, that suspension. I don't know how long that suspension uh, is. I don't I, – I, I'm not going to say – I don't think they came – I don't think they came to that conclusion with him yet. I don't – Yeah, uh, that's what they were speculating. Right. But that was nothing concrete. It could very well be a two-game suspension. Yeah, uh I did see, you know, someone that, you know, wrote up an article about this saying it could possibly be a four-game suspension, but nothing is concrete as far as Breeland goes yet. Okay. All right. Well, we had to wait and see on that. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure. I just had uh, Googled his name the other day just to see what was going on, and that, mm-hmm. that popped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. You know, uh, that that is important, you know. So, yeah, it's a good thing that you brought that up because I was kind of thinking, like, what's going to go on with him, you know, because that's that's important, you know. Uh, if he is out four games, you know, that's a starter gone, two games, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that's going to be important. Right. Yep. All right, uh, we're staying within the NFL news, man. Uh, the old vet, man, we mentioned him, I think, on the last show. Uh, Alex Smith is clear to come back and play. I don't know mm-hmm. how how I feel about it because, uh, like I said, uh, in that little documentary he had, his leg was pretty, pretty mangled, man. So, I mean, I guess he knows what his body can do, but 
his family must feel comfortable with him going back out there. But ah, <sighs> man, I, I just hope he's safe, man. I, Alex, like I said, man, when we talked about it the last show, uh, Alex has the heart of a lion, man. Um, I like Alex Smith. Um, I really, really do. Um, I just, I, I, I just, I just pray for his well-being and, and, and uh, uh, just, just to be safe out there, man. Uh, because I, I really do not want to. I want to see Alex succeed and be um, and, and be able to move beyond this. And I think he will. So um, I just hope Alex is real safe, you know. Um, but uh, I give no, I give Alex Smith nothing but well wishes and you know uh, thanks for what he did with us with the Chiefs. And you know I just hope I just hope he has a a safe and positive career. Uh, I'm just going to say this. Um, in my opinion, I think he should just retire and cons- be on the um, roster as a consul- uh, consultant. In my opinion, um, from the video I saw that the Washington football team, as they're now called, put out um, videos of him throwing either today or yesterday at practice. There's two things I noticed. One, his leg still doesn't look right to me. It still Mm -hmm. looks uh, Mm -hmm. a little bit funny or a little bit out of place. Or I I don't know if that's just permanent from the infection or what, but it has like these little, these lumps in it, Um, especially uh, towards the shin part um, of his uh, leg. Um, Two, and this is just an observation that I made. I don't know if they slowed down the video or what, but I'm about to ask you guys a question. Was his release always that slow? Because the from the video I watched today, he I mean, he's just nothing's coming at him or anything. It's, they're going against air. And one of the one of the balls was behind. I mean, you can tell kind of the time is off. I mean, that's expected. He hasn't played in what a year or two at this point now. Yeah. And uh but it just seemed like the ball just comes out slow out of his hands, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, uh, his, his release has always naturally been kind of slow like that. That's why people used to get on him, you know, with the Chiefs. They felt like he had to scramble a lot because he would try to, number one, telegraph where he was going to stare his receiver down and his – his release has a wind-up to it, like you said. It's like he has to bring the ball down, bring it up, and then release it. It's just it, – he does naturally have a slow release. I agree with you on that. It is, it, the fans and, and, you know, people used to get on him about that, you know. His release is too slow. That's why balls don't get there with as much velocity. So – yeah, it's not something you just noticed. It's something that the NFL has been on notice with Alex Smith for a while. And see, what scares me about Alex is that he's going to use his legs. You know, that's his game. And it's just like, like you were saying, man, I agree with you, Beats. Just short and sweet. It don't look, it. that leg does not look 100% to me. Like I said, he's wearing a little leg sleeve or whatever he got on it. It, that leg just still looks flimsy to me, man. 
Yeah, another thing, yeah, like you said, it's all that scarring tissue from uh, he had several uh, surgeries, surgeries, um, to reconstruct it. Well, as for his release, like you were saying, yeah, I, I think it just depends with uh, <clears throat> game situations. Because <clears throat> I always noticed, uh, you know, if he needs to get it out of there quick, he'll get it out of there. But like you said, he's a field uh, surveyor, so he wants to, you know, see what's up there or maybe check down and things of that nature. But uh, I say it's kind of 50-50 when it comes to his release. It just depends on what which the situation is. And like you said, it was practice, so of course he ain't going to go full stride, you know, and overexert himself in practice. But that's just something to watch uh, when it comes to Alex. Like you said, he has the heart of a lion. Uh, obviously, we want him to do good, you know, saying we're being the ex-chief, but playing with that Washington football team, hopefully that offensive line, if he does get the opportunity to start over Haskins, which is a good chance he will, uh, get protected, man. Yeah, because injuries, injuries, injuries are going to happen, and that's the thing, man. You know, uh, they're not able to get their normal camaraderie down as far as offensive line, uh, quarterback termini- terminology amongst the two. So, man, it's just Alex is going to really have to be on a swivel, man. I just, you know, because injuries are going to happen, man. Seriously, like when the Chiefs aren't the only ones dealing with it, uh, the Houston Texans, who we opened up the season again. Their starting linebacker is out for the year with, I believe, in the torn Achilles. So, you know, these things are going to happen, man. These guys are trying to catch that and trying to pick that intensity up. Wow. And uh, and obviously the uh, Washington football, Martha really had too much faith in Haskins for them to even allow. Right. Alex to put himself in this situation, but maybe they know something we don't know, man. We just be something to watch and look forward to as that progresses. Uh, any other NFL news you guys want to speak on? No, but I did kind of want to bring just get you guys a uh, quick take on this as far as the uh, Pac-12 and the Big Ten postponing their uh, college football season seasons until the spring. I just want to get your thoughts on that since it was football related. Yeah. Glad college. <laughs> um, I don't really get off in the college, man. I mean, I'll watch it if it's on, but I ain't no I'm more of an NFL fan in the college. Yeah. I'm just talking about the I'm just talking about just them that, that's, suspending their season yeah, until that, the spring. That is kind of that that's surprising. Because um, I was thinking they would kind of take like the approach the NFL is kind of taking and have like some, you know, not the same protocol that the NFL is going by, but, you know, something similar. So it shocked me, you know, that they're uh, that they're, you know, canceling everything within every pro, you know, within their programs into the spring. So, yeah, that was uh, that was shocking. You know, um, we just have to see, man, um, what protocols they can pick up to hopefully get in their respective program going. But, you know, I'm with Cal, man. As, as long as the NFL game, I'm cool. <laughs> and, and, and another thing, I mean, they probably just don't have the uh, – probably with them trying to protocol and doing what the NFL is doing, 
they're possibly bankrupt their division. You know what I'm saying? It's some some right. things that they can't handle. You know, so it, it's probably best for them to dismiss play until they can possibly get more information on this whole COVID thing because these are colleges and they need their fans in the stadiums. I mean, the NFL can kind of float without them, but colleges need fans in the stadium. That's how they make their money. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. That's a that's a good counter, good counter on that because the NFL, trust me, their their numbers that they're going to get through the TV or from the TV right. is going to be pretty fucking nice. Even though they still may get some stuff at the stadium, we we don't know yet. But the TV money that that NF, that the NFL got, oh yeah, is is going to be nice. That TV money ain't going to be the same for any college, you know, anything going mm-hmm. on, whether it's college basketball, football, it's just not going to compare. The numbers that the NBA bubble and the NFL is going to get through the roof. Because mm-hmm. those players that generally go to the games are hell and watching it. So it's it's doubling their, their TV money. So, yeah, I, that's why I believe the college went on ahead and did that because, like, they need their fans in the stands. So... But uh, that'd be something to watch, I guess, man. But uh, as long as the NFL going, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to the bubble since we mentioned it. Uh, the playoffs are beginning. Uh, LeBron here is decaying as the week goes on. But it has been some great basketball being played within the bubble. I have been watching a team that a couple teams that I'm pretty big on right now is the Utah Jazz. And I'm like, I like watching the uh um the Denver Nuggets. Huh. Mm-hmm. I've been paying attention to them. They've been on like almost every day, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh these are two teams that's competing in the Western Conference, trying to get that ring. Obviously, the Lakers are in the number one seed. They didn't do that great in the bubble coming back. Uh, they really didn't do that great at all. Uh, but they are the number one seed still. Portland did well as uh, great as well. They also made it to the playoffs. But uh, like I said, this, the bubble's been very entertaining. It seemed like it's been a lot more physicality uh, within these bubble games versus the normal NBA games. Well, go ahead, guys, and just kind of just weigh on how you feel in the bubble and maybe who's your uh, – Playoff pick within these playoffs. Uh man, this bubble has been real. Uh, it's it's been very competitive, uh, to say the least. Uh, I think I've told the both of you guys just talking about it. There hasn't been too many blowouts or boring games from Mm-mm. what I've what I've seen, and I've been paying. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the start of these playoffs, man, is, you know, some pretty good matchups. Uh, the Lakers in Portland going at it. Uh, that That's going to be a good matchup. I don't care if you play them at Rucker Park or at a bubble or Staples Center or wherever. That's going to be a good matchup. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to see Carmelo Anthony and LeBron go up. They've been going at each other for years. It's a continuation of that. That's one little, you know, just one little matchup I'm interested to see. Uh, the Sixers in Boston going at it. That's going to be a hell of a first-round matchup. 
Uh, not, 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 not to cut you off, Lee, but that kind of sucks with them Sixers going through. Yeah. They lost, uh, what's, what's the brother's name? Uh, ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. And it be not that healthy. Yeah. Mm. So, I, if they could get healthy, like I said, man, that's going to be a hell of a, you know, that should be a competitive series. Uh, they still got Tatum, uh, Brown. You know, uh, good supporting cast. You, you know, if, like I said, uh, it, Boston and in Philly. Boston, like I said, if Philly can get healthy with MB and Simmons, you know, that's gonna be a good one. Um, it's just some teams that, like I said, you you got Toronto playing good ball. I was gonna bring them, bring them up. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, you can't you, you, you can't look past Toronto. They're they're playing good ball. Uh, I don't know if the Clippers are going to get it together. Short and sweet, man. It's going to be some good ball playing, and I'm happy that it's uh, at the NBA bubble playoff time. Right. Uh, just to piggyback off of you, Lee, um, uh, my team that I was – what Kyle asked as far as teams that you're watching or whatever – I was I was going to bring up Toronto. Just I haven't been watching any games lately, but when I when it first kicked off and I was watching, you know, they're a team that you know that uh, caught my eyes just as far as you know. To me, they don't really have uh, any like star players. They have, I mean, I guess superstar players. They have, I guess, star players, but they don't have like superstar players. Mm-hmm. But I just like their offensive uh, system as far as how. It's unselfish, and they can move the ball around, and they just try to go for the best, uh, I guess, basketball play, you would call it, mm-hmm. uh, in those situations. And, yeah, so that's the team I'm looking for and seeing if they can uh, get to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, maybe against the Bucks, I guess, because that's the number one seed, right, in mm-hmm. the East, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe get them. And then as far as uh, – on the Western Conference side, uh, I'm interested. To, I mean, I know Portland plays uh, Los Angeles, so I'm just interested to see if uh, the Lakers can, um, I guess, get out of their little rut that they're having. Um, and then the only thing I have is, uh, and maybe you guys can explain it to me, is how in the hell did Phoenix go undefeated but not – is it just where they started and then the Portland they- – with them and then just knock them out, or how the fuck can you go undefeated in the bubble but not be like have a playoff game, like I, I have a, you know a playing game were, between those two to get in or something like? They were they were already like when everything on the ended, they were already like six like six games behind out of that eight spot. So when everything okay. happened, they were all they were they were playoff pitcher. So with them going undefeated, other teams that was some, you know, would have it would help them if while they were winning all those games, if other teams would have, you know, been losing, but other teams was winning. So it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. they you know, going undefeated, but other teams was was, you know, keeping keeping tack on their spot. So they just came up short. Well makes sense. Yeah, it's all. It was all about uh, where they were positions in games behind, uh, mm-hmm. and where the other teams were. But uh, hats off to them, man. I mean, Phoenix is an up and coming team. 
Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. And and the Memphis uh, Grizzlies. I like I like Morant, man. With him, yeah. at number one. You know, uh, Memphis is on the rise too. But I will say this, man. People better watch out for it, man. <laughs> Portland, LeBron, and them. The, the Lakers better be ready because, man, Lillard is playing some good ball. Carmelo is playing like he. Car- Carmelo is playing like the Syracuse Carmelo. I'm not even going to say the Denver Nuggets Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is playing like the Syracuse University Melo. And that's scary, bro. I, I'm rooting for Portland. So I'm, I'm telling you, man, Portland is one of them, cha- one of them teams. Better not tread lightly with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, uh, Lillard got a chip on his shoulder after missing the. Uh, game-winning shot against the uh, Clippers. Mm-hmm. They kind of kind of joked about it. He got a chip on his shoulder. And I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, get past the Lakers. Because like I said, the Lakers, man, they don't look good at all. Yeah, and this is – you're right, Cal. This is a scary – this is a scary matchup for the Lakers. Because like you said, they haven't really been gelling. And it's the total opposite with the Trailblazers. They have been gelling and yeah. have been moving and grooving accordingly. So, like I said, and then you can't really sleep on the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers still, you know, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Patrick Beverly, good coaching. So, I- I'm just happy it's at the playoff time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to uh, just stay tuned to see what happens on that, fellas. But it's definitely playoff ball inside the uh, the bubble. It is here. Finally get a NBA championship. So we'll see who who's gonna get crowned. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and move it on to the uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones bout, which has been pushed back. Uh, kind of knew that was gonna happen. Uh, it's a big payday. They. Obviously, going to want fans in the crowd. That's going to help with their revenue, and also going to want to produce uh, pay-per-view numbers. So the fight has been pushed back. Is there a date? Nah, there. There's not okay. a date. I just, okay. um, like I said, when uh, when I heard that a couple of like like almost a week ago, I was just like, wow. I wonder why, you know, kind of like like we ain't been hearing nothing on that. But they kind of said Mike Tyson issued a statement saying that uh, he wanted it pushed, you know, kind of wanted it pushed back so more people would get a chance to be able to see the the fight or the exhibition. Um, so, yeah, that's what they're saying. There's no date, but they said it has been pushed back to November to our listeners that probably did not know that. Shit, I didn't yeah. know that. Shit. Yeah, I didn't know it either. Like I said, it kind of died out after they spoke about this possibly happening and it just kind of fizzled out. So mm-hmm. that's good information to know. Um, we now know that it got pushed back. So, like I said, it's, it's not going to be a regular bout. Like I said, a winner – is you know has to be declared by knockout. One of the one of them has to get knocked out. Then they were saying 
not too long ago, then uh, that you can't get that that uh, it ain't gonna be no knockout. So it's kind of like they still had to get some things settled up on top of you know giving more time, quote unquote, for people to build up an excitement for because it's it's very it's all kind of rules implemented in you know um, yeah so it's not gonna we shall see man right yeah we'll have to see on that um trying to think here uh anything else that you guys want to cover that we may have missed oh Uh, it's to kind of throw it in there. The Royals has been um, – I the Royals had – I know last time we may have talked, um, we was kind of saying we see what they're going to do. But uh, the Royals has been playing some good baseball. You know, I haven't really, really been paying too, too much closely to baseball. But when I check up on them, you know, I think they're like two games behind, 500, I think, currently. But uh, just kind of wanted to throw that in there, man. The Royals are, you know – no, they, they ain't doing too bad, you know, sort of yeah. speak. I know that uh, uh, just to piggyback off of you, Lee, uh, I know when I was listening to 610 Sports uh, earlier this week, um, they were saying that this uh, series against the Minnesota Twins was crucial to, you know, gain some ground. But uh, last I saw, when I before we got on here, I saw that they lost to uh, – huh. Today they did. I don't know about the rest of the series, but I know they at least lost today. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I know the other. I know the other uh, couple games back they were playing the Cincinnati Reds, and that was a hell of a game. That showed me that this young Royals ball club can be competitive and be right up there neck and neck with a good team because they ultimately beat the Reds. Uh, it was one of those, you know one of those games, and that just let me know, you know, they could compete with good teams. So it's kind of on the up and up for the Royals. I know it's still early. I just, you know, I didn't expect them to have this many wins th- thus far. Well, that's good to hear because, like I said, the last time I had heard anything about them, they was like 3-11, and 11, so I don't know what their record is now. But uh, I haven't got a chance to catch any Royals games. I'm pretty much just been watching the uh, – NBA, you know, because like it's right there on ESPN. They've been playing all week, so uh, mm-hmm. I can pay more attention to the Royals. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas. What? Well, uh, other than that, uh, that concludes another episode. Uh, I'm Cowboy. If you're checking for me, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram as uh, Cowboy. Uh, Beats, if they checking for you, where can they find you, bro? D Beats, fourteen ninety two. All. Social media platforms. Lee eighty six, hit me up. Radam Jones at Facebook. All right, all right, all right. Don't forget that the Sports Talk KC page is active. So uh, feel free to tap in with us on there. Any questions or anything you want to know? But other than that, we up out of here. All righty then. Peace. Yep. Yep. Stay safe, y'all. Yeah.